Hi, you're listening to Taming the Terminal Part 5 of N, File Permissions. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials I wrote over at bartb.ie forward slash ttt. This originally aired as part of Nasillacast episode 426, hosted at podfee.com. I'm Bart Bouchotts, and the voice you're about to hear is Alison Sheridan, hosted in the Nasillacast podcast. Hey, so we're That's done it. with our vegetables, and we get to go back to Taming the Terminal, part five of N. Yes, we do, and we're going to Yay. be stuck here for a while because we're entering into a topic which is both fundamentally probably is important, you know, one of the most important concepts that we need to understand before we can become comfortable in the terminal, and also one of the ones that confuses people the most. So we're not racing through this at ninety mile an hour. We're we're going to take a few installments to digest our way through it at a human pace. Okay, good. So what we're talking about is file permissions. Um, and one of the most complicated and head-wrecking things is actually altering the permission. So I'm saving that for next time. Okay. And we can just, you know, by next time we'll understand everything and then it makes sense to talk about how we alter it. So this time we're just going to talk about how they work and how you interpret a description. You know, you get the output of LS minus L. It shows you all of this information about the file permissions. What does that mean? And that's really the question for today that glop of 10 characters in the first column of the output of LS minus L. What's going on there? Okay. Um, this, what we're talking about today, applies across all variants of Linux, Unix, and hence the Mac. Um, so it's sort of a common core of how all of these star Nix operating systems deal with permissions. But since the, well, basically this stuff goes back to the 60s, you know, since the dawn of Unix, this has been the way permissions have been done, but we have sort of modern add-ons to this core, but those add-ons are not the same on Linux, Unix, and Mac. Those add-ons are different in different operating systems. So we're not, everything we do today is common, but it's not the full story. So this is true on Linux, but on Linux there's also SE Linux, which is security enhanced Linux, which provides sort of more control of permissions on top of what we talk about today. On OS X, we have something called file ACLs, which provide more control on top of what we talk about today. But what we talk about today is common across everything. Okay. Okay. All right. It's also what's used like 99.9% of the time, because generally speaking, it's enough. Okay. There's only a couple of sort of odd cases where you actually want more. um, And one of those odd cases is your home folder, which... In, you know, which belongs to you, and according to the ye oldie permissions, you should have the power to destroy and thereby completely ruin yourself. <laughs> but Apple used the advanced stuff to protect you from yourself. Which Sounds like a good idea. They do that. Yeah, it does. Okay. So we need to set the scene a little bit here because there's important context to how this hangs together. Uh, we already said that every every terminal, when you have it open, every, every command shell has a present working directory. So that's one piece of metadata about that process. There's that's, where we learned, just, that's where we learned PWD to, to tell us what is our present working directory. Exactly. Okay. There's more, there are more pieces of metadata associated with every command shell, in fact, every process. Um, they all run as a user. So the system defines a bunch of users. You log in as one of them. And every process being executed on your on your OS X system or your Linux system or Unix system belongs to a user, uh, including your shell. And to figure out who you are, the command is wonderfully, who am I? <laughs> All one word. 
And, and so that's kind of the, the And the answer to that is who owns that shell process. that I'm in right now. Yes, exactly. Okay. So who is executing the shell? And when you do that, you should see that it, in your case, it'll be Allison. In my case, it'll be Bart. It says Allison. Yay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you so far. Yes. Uh, secondly, there is a concept in Unix and Linux and OS X of there being groups of users. This is where I, I've never understood this, what a group is. So good. A group is just a collection of users. That's it. That's all a group is. A group has an ID, which is a number. It has a name and it has a list of people who are in that group. Okay. And they're just, they're just, yeah, just ways of lumping people together, which can be useful because particularly if you're running a server where lots of people log in, you so, may say that these three people are responsible for project X. And so we want these three people to be allowed to do different things than those four people over there. So those four people are put in a different group and you could then specify different permissions on files. So you people can edit this file. You people can read it, but you can't edit it, that kind of thing. Or maybe a so, group of sysadmins who have more privileges. Yes. Okay. Now, there are a bunch of groups that just pre-exist in OS X. And one of those groups is called staff, S-T-A-F-F. And everyone who is an admin on a Mac is in the group staff. Oh. If you want to see what groups you belong to, the command is groups. So if you type it into the terminal and hit return, you'll see a list of groups that you belong to. That's a messy list. It's hard to read. It is a messy list that's hard to read, but I, I'm almost certain that the group everyone is going to be in there. And also the group staff, if you look for it. Yeah. There isn't a way to make that dash L or something so it's easy to read, is it? Not sure, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Staff is the first one. Okay. And you also see stuff I'm like... I'm in a SharePoint you- group? I have no idea why they... Com.apple.sharepoint.group. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of these. Uh, if you have screen sharing turned on, you have com.apple.access screen sharing and all these kind of things. Really, ultimately, you don't really care about the system-wide ones. Staff's huh. important and the rest of them you can sort of forget about. OS ten is using those to give you permissions to do stuff. I don't have an everyone group listed. It's Oh, that's odd. Oh, wait, wait, every, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, dude, sorry, dude. Okay. Um, In older versions of OS X, it was really bloody hard to make your own groups. Like, you had to use NetInfo Manager, which was an icky, icky app, and you're basically talking straight to an LDAP server. It was horrible. Uh, But in the later versions of OS X, there's actually a GUI for it. So if you go into SysPref, and you go to the Users and Groups tab, because it used to be just called the Users tab, and it's now been oh. renamed the Users and Groups tags, which tell you that finally we have some sense. Yeah. If you unlock the dialog, mm-hmm. and then click the little plus button, it tells you what type of account do you want to create. So by default, it'll say Standard. That's a drop-down. If you click that, there's a new option, and they're called Group. Oh, look at that. Create a group, you give it a random name, Click create group, and then it shows up in the sidebar. There's now a whole new section called groups. And then you can see then that you can just specify who's in that group with little radio buttons. Oh, that's awesome. So it's now become really easy to create groups. Okay. So that's good. Um, so they are groups, and we just have to know they exist. And we have to know that we belong to N number of them. And that That's the only context we need. So... <clears throat> the next thing we have to give some context to is that in terms of this world of standard Unix file permissions, 
there are three possible permissions which can be granted on every item on the file system. They are read permission, write permission, and execute permission. And they're abbreviated as OR, W, and X. Not E, X. <laughs> read permit. Now, both of the, or also not both, all three of these permissions apply to files and to folders. So if OR is set on a file, it means that the content of the file can be read. If it's set on a directory, it means that you're allowed to read the files in that directory if those files are readable. So this whole thing works up the, up the full file path. So if at any point between the root directory and the file you're at, one of the permissions is missing, that acts like a dam on the river and you are denied. No matter what permissions are set further upstream, if you're blocked, you're blocked. So let me make sure I understand that. So if I've got a, a directory that says I've got read privileges, but if I open it and the file inside is not readable, I'm blocked. Yes. Okay. And also, if the file were to have read permissions, but directory didn't, you could never get to use those read permissions because the directory would have blocked you. Okay. So it's an and. Yeah. So basically, you start at the root and you need to get permission at each level to keep going up. And if at any point you get stopped, that's it, you're stopped. Okay. Um. The w, the write permission means if you have write permission on a file, it means you can alter the file or delete it. And if you have write permission on a folder, it means you can create files. If you didn't have write permission on a folder, you couldn't create new files in it. Uh, execute permission means that the file can be run if it's a file. So you can download a binary file of some sort, stick it on your Mac. If it doesn't have execute permission, you can't make it go. Um, about be it a script or an executable. If it doesn't have execute permission, you can't execute it. And you might wonder, what on earth could execute permission possibly mean on a folder? Yeah. The answer is the permission to list its content. So you oh. can set up a folder where everyone has the right to read the files in it, but no one can do an LS, which has the effect that if you tell them the file is there, they can view it, but they can't figure out what else is there. <laughs> so that would be not helpful. It's used in stuff like, it, it seems to have vanished from the modern versions of OS X because I went looking for it and it's gone, but there used to be a folder called Dropbox in everyone's home directory that had oh, nothing yeah, to do yeah. with the app. And any user on the system had permission to create files in there. So they could give you something, but they couldn't look in and see what else other people had given you. They couldn't even look in and see the, their own file. They would just drop it on that folder and it would, from their point of view, vanish. But they had write permission, but not execute permission. I think, it, isn't that just called public now? No, because public, I think, is what gets shared out. If you have like web, if web server running, that your public folder gets shared. Oh, out. inside public is a folder called Dropbox. Hmm. So I think that's where they snuck it. That's where it's put. Okay, great. Yeah. That's where it is. So that still exists. Good. Yes. So there are your or W and X and what they mean. And any combination of or W and X is possible, even the ones that seem absolutely bizarre, like the ability to write but not to read, as in the case of that Dropbox. Um, so all possible permutations are possible, although in the real world you see a small handful of them used. So I cheated and I used get info, not the terminal, so I should do it in, in the terminal. But I looked at that Dropbox folder and it said that I have read and write. Uh, mm -hmm. Admin and everyone have read only, which means they can put stuff there, but they can't see what's in there? If it's read only on a folder, then they would need that permission to be able to do anything. There. Actually, that means it's not quite the Dropbox. Are you, are you looking at the Dropbox or the public folder? Inside public is a folder called Dropbox. I checked Dropbox. Okay, let me, let me see if I uh, And public is the same way. So tilde slash 
public slash Dropbox. LS minus L dot. Ah! Right. Typing while talking. <laughs> See, this whole multitasking thing, us men cannot do it. Um, ah, these are bad examples. Okay. We'll, we'll these do not use standard Unix file permissions. Okay, so pay no attention to what I just said. Yes, and okay. what you have just said will be explained in the last paragraph today before we say, and next, tune in next week to find out more. Okay. So what you've done there, yeah, so they're the non-common Unix file permissions. Okay, so Never all the permutations... All the permutations can and do exist if you look hard enough. Um, the last piece of information then that ties all of this context together is the Unix file permission mask, which is that glop on the first column of ls minus l. Um, <clears throat> so if we go to any folder and do our ls minus l, you'll see such a glop. So maybe go into your documents folder is probably a good example. So if cd documents. Can I not type? Apparently, I cannot type. CD documents. So if you do an LS minus L in there, obviously everyone's going to see different things. Mm-hmm. But you should see that the first column is basically these 10 characters of GLOP, perhaps 11, perhaps even 12, but never any more than that. <laughs> okay. Now, the first 10 of those are the standard Unix file permission mask. And the 11th and 12th are where OS X signifies that these files have the standard Unix permissions plus plus. There's more going on. So if you see one that ends in an at symbol or a plus sign, it means there's more going on. So if you have oh. a look at the permissions on the Dropbox folder, you'll see it has a plus. Uh, tells me that there is... The real Dropbox or the Apple Dropbox? The, the Apple one that we were talking oh, about. Oh, right. Which is how right. I knew there was more going on, because I did an LS minus L in okay. that folder, and I could see that the file in the, dot. in the company application Dropbox, I have an at Ah, which means that there is not extra security, but there is extra metadata. Okay. So those are, do you ever hear people talk that OS X has these um, extended attributes? They're called. Hmm. No, I don't think so. Okay. So every file, right, has some metadata associated with it. When it was created, when it was last edited, and crucially for us today, who owns it and what group it belongs to. And they're ah. the standard bits of metadata. Okay. But OS X allows you to specify any metadata you like. So if you add, say, a, a, a quick look comment to a file by hitting Command-I on it and typing in some comments, the next time you look at it in the terminal, the at sign will have appeared because it has the normal metadata and some more metadata. And the reason the Dropbox folder has an at is because it has a special icon. Hmm. Because it doesn't that's look like it, a normal folder. Right, so that, that's all it is. So that huh? icon, yeah, is stored as extra metadata. So the at just means there is more metadata here. And next week, we'll look at the commands for actually poking inside the extra metadata. But for now, what that tells you is at just means more metadata. Not necessarily more permissions. Yeah, plus means more security information. So my regular documents folder has a plus on it. So what does that mean? It does. It means that there's extra file permissions, and those extra file permissions are used to stop you deleting that folder, even though the Unix file permissions say you can. Oh, oh, interesting. That's part of the protect us from ourselves thing that Apple that does. That is. And old versions of OS X didn't have this. And then you did have the situation where you actually could go in and delete your own library folder, delete your own home folder, and tie the OS in a giant big knot. I knew people who did that, who said, oh, I was just cleaning up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's understandable that people, you know, I don't know what that is. I didn't put it there. <laughs> oh, Yeah, so that's not possible anymore, which is good. 
Once you've been around a while, okay. you know that if you didn't put it there, you better figure out what it is before you go do that. Yes. Yeah. If I put it there, I can delete it. If I didn't put it there, I should leave it be. Yeah. Unless it's a shared computer, then all bets are off. <laughs> so what you, okay. So every file has a creation date, last modified date, but it also ha it also belongs to one user and one group, which in your case, it's probably going to say Allison staff. And in my case, it says Bart staff. Wait, where do I see that? Oh, in, your in the next two columns. Sorry. <laughs> it's actually, there's the, the column before that is one we're not going to talk about is some, okay. some numbers. So it's so a unit permission mask, some numbers, and then a username, a group, some more numbers, a date. Got it. Right. Staff. So Bart staff, Allison staff, whatever your username is staff. So the three columns that determine what we can do to files in the Unix file permission world are the first one, the third one, and the fourth one. File okay. permission mask, who owns it? And what group owns it? So, to figure out what permissions we have on something, we need five pieces of information. Yeah. We need to know what user am I running as? Who am we I? We need to know what groups do I belong to? So that's the who am I command and the groups command. We need to know what user does the file or folder that we're interested in belong to. We need to know what group the file or folder we're interested in belongs to, and we need to know the Unix permission mask for that file or folder. In other words, who am I, groups, and th those three columns in ls-l. minus And that has all the information you need to understand what's going on. See how this can get complicated, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's take the example that we want to read a file. So the algorithm is, is, is like this. The first question we ask ourselves is, is the user trying to read the file the same user that owns the file? So in, in the case of our documents directory, the answer to that question is always going to be yes. I, I own the file, I'm trying to read it, so I'm the same person. So what that means is that... Oh, actually, I'm really sorry, Alison, but I skipped a paragraph. Oh. So we got to backtrack. Okay. Um, those 10 numbers of Glock, we didn't actually split those up into yeah. the, the, <laughs> the four parts they belong to. I actually um, thought maybe I missed something there. No, no, no. I accidentally skipped ahead a paragraph. I'm sorry. So the first letter, or the first character, we'll call it, in that glop, tells you what type of file it is. And for our purposes, there are just three possible characters that can be there. A minus sign, which means I'm a normal file. Nothing funny going on. I'm just a file. Okay. A D, which means I am a directory. I'm not a file. I'm a directory. An L, which means I am not a file or a directory. I am, in fact, what we would call sort of in finder terms an alias. I'm oh. a link to somewhere, to an actual file or directory that exists somewhere else. Huh. So I can be a file, a directory, or an alias. Now, it is also, it is conceivably possible if you look hard enough, particularly in the slash etc or in the slash dev directory, you will find four other possible letters that could be in that first position, B, C, D, and P. Oh. Those are all special files, block devices, sockets, and other things. We're ignoring those. Okay, good. Those are that low scares level. me. Oh, yeah, they should. Those are very, very low level, how the operating system hangs together kinds of files. They are of, either of no interest to us, and B, if we poke around with them, something will probably explode. So we won't do that. So for, for our purposes... I, I'm going to close the window and open a new one because now I'm scared I even looked at it. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> okay. 
Again, today we're not editing anything. We're only looking. So today we can't actually do any harm. Okay. <laughs> Next week on the other Okay, <laughs> RM space star what? Yeah, I haven't given you like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try that at home. Yeah, no. Um, so minus is a regular file. D is a directory. L is a symlink or a uh, alias in sort of finder parlance. So that leaves nine characters. And those nine characters are three groups of three. RWX, RWX, and RWX again. And those are the read-write permissions for the owner of the file, the read-write permissions for everyone who's in the group that owns the file, and the read-write permissions for every single person on the system. I'm sorry, before you get too deep into that, I just created an alias to a file, and it put a dash, not an L. Did you create the alias in the terminal or in the command line using the command I haven't told you about yet? In the, it, I did it in the finder. Yeah, you've done something different. Okay. With the same, you've achieved the same result differently. Okay. Never mind. So it's not a symbolic link. It's a, it is an alias. Yeah. OS, yeah. OS 10 will obey either. So OS 10 being a Unix will obey Unix symbolic links, but it also has another way of doing it itself, which I'm assuming it inherited from its Mac OS days. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'll let you back. So we've got that first character is directory, a link. So regular file directory or link. And then the next nine, we break into three groups of three or WX or WX or WX. The first three belong to the user who owns the file. In other words, that third column, which says Bart for me, Alison for you. And the next three belong to everyone who's a member of the group that the file belongs to, which in our case is everyone who is staff. And then the last column is everyone. So every single account that exists on the system. So usually that's described as world. So user, group, and world. Okay. So if the letter is present, you have the permission. So if there's an or there in the or column that applies to the user, then you have that permission. If there's a minus there, it means the permission is not granted. So you'll see that a lot of them are D or WX or X or X. That's very common if you're in your home, in your home right. folder and you do an LS. RWX. Or dash X or dash X. Ah, right. And then other stuff you may have. So, let me, I'm sorry. Let me w- obs- I want to absorb that still. So RWX means I'm the, I'm the owner of this file so I can read, write, and execute it. R dash X means it's read and execute. But not write. And that's for staff for their, that whatever yeah. the middle, the group is, and then read and execute for everyone. Why would yes. everyone be allowed to execute my documents folder and read my documents folder? That seems funny. It seems Why can those funny, other stinky users be able to touch in there? If you go back a level, so if you go back to the, if you do CD space slash users with a capital U and do an LS minus L in there, oops, there's a typo of that. CD space slash users. Okay. So if you do an LS minus L in there, what you should see, what you will see is that your home folder has one of those plus signs on it. Right. So although at the Unix level we're letting people in, we're not really letting people in. <laughs> okay, so what good is that if I it's got a plus that tells me something else, but I guess you we don't get to know how to use that till next week, we said. Yeah, the pluses are for next week. We're keeping we're keeping everything to what's common across all the operating systems for now. So at the moment okay. when you see a plus, what you know is yeah, I don't really know what's going on there. Okay, so at the top level, I'm seeing the plus for the Allison directory. So that just tells me there's some other permissions, but it still says R-X for, for the group and for everyone. 
Yeah, for for the Unixy type permissions. Yeah. Now, yeah, and there are there are reasons you may want people to see some things in your home folder, but okay. obviously you don't want them to see everything. So when you want to interpret permissions, this is the algorithm that the operating system uses on. So what you should do in your head. So the first question you ask, okay, so I want to know if I am able, or if any user is able to do something to a file. Let's say we want to see if the, the user Allison can read a given file. So the first question that you ask yourself is, is the user who's trying to read this particular file the user that owns the file? If the answer to that is yes, you take the first group of three and you look for the or. If the or is there, you give them permission and you continue. If the or is not there, then you keep going in this algorithm. The next question you ask then is, is the user trying to read this file a member of the group that the file belongs to? If the answer is yes, then you check the second three OWXs and you look for the OR. If the OR is there, let them at it. Don't go any further. If the OR is not there, continue with the algorithm. Finally, doesn't matter who the user is, you look at the last three OWXs and you say, is the OR there? If it is, they can read. If not, sorry, toodle pip, you're not allowed. <laughs> toodle pip? Yeah, there was a three letter acronym coming to mind, which I'm not going to say. Okay. <laughs> I love so and that's how you work out the permission so you start at the user if you're, as soon as you get a yes you stop going any further if you don't get if you, if you get a no then you go on to the next and eventually you end up in the catch-all group at the end where you're so, gonna get so that answer. makes sense i'm if i'm not the owner and i'm not in a group that has privileges but i but everyone has privileges then let her rip exactly okay and so it just ripples up that way and the same is true for read permission the same is true for execute permission and so that is that is the algorithm, that is the rule. And once you get used to looking at those file permissions in that way, and so really the three things are, what is the mask? And then who owns it? What group does it belong to? And what group and user am I? And then you can answer the yes, no questions all the way through that. And that's all there is to it. And on the one hand, it's simple. On the other hand, it's really, really important that it sink in. And I know for a fact, a lot of people tie themselves in knots with this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now this this is good. I I still feel like I'm sitting in the barn, <laughs> but but peeking out again, getting to getting to type some commands here to see what's going on. Um, I I am glad you're going through this because I do get confused, as you can tell by my questions. And I mean, everyone does until you get used to it. Now, OS 10 because OS 10 has more permissions than just this. Your home folder is a bit of a minefield. Because there's the OS 10 level stuff happening, but if you're an external drive, the the chances are immensely high that the only thing in the picture is these standard Unix file permissions. Oh. And for someone like yourself, who uh, who has a website which is hosted on a Linux server that you can log into, what we've talked about today is the only thing that's in play. Almost okay. Certain. Okay. Good, good, good. So you know, for, for you know, for for normal situations, what we've talked about today is what's in play your home directory is full of those little plus signs because Apple have decided that we want to do more. And there's good reasons to want to do more. And next week, we're going to talk about how to read the more, but we are not going to talk about how to edit the more because that would just take us like a couple of episodes. Not to mention, allow us the, or give us the tools to wreak havoc. It would give us the tools to wreak havoc. Um, but it is, I think it is important that when you see the plus that you should be able 
to use the terminal to tell you what that plus means. Now, if you right-click on a file in the Finder and do and do the get info, what's being described in that permissions box that you see is actually the plus. Oh. Huh. So you okay. see, yeah. Well, again, we, we'll, we'll go into the commands next week. We'll also go in next week into how you read the extra info in the at sign. It's To be honest, it's almost always really boring stuff. <laughs> but, you know, we, we should be able to poke in and, and see what's going on because... That's we're nerds. That's what we do. <laughs> and then the last thing we're going to do next time is the bit where everyone needs to be well rested and needs to have consumed plenty of caffeine. We're going to talk about the commands for altering the three columns that control permissions. Mm. Change the user, easy. Change the group, easy. Change the permission mask, make head explode. <laughs> well, as long as we have a process here. You know what I love about these Taming the Terminal series that you're doing here, Bart, is it seems to be catching the attention of both the uh, the uber geeks and the noobs like me uh, throughout the spectrum. Uh, I was talking to Dorothy, uh, a.k.a. Mac Lurker. Shout out. Uh, and she was saying <laughs> she was really enjoying it because she'd be sitting there going, well, Bart, that's not the complete explanation. You know, you really should. Oh, oh, OK. Well, that's all right. You know, because <laughs> so she's because she, she knows everything you're talking about. and It, it just makes her want to jump in and help, you know. As a student, I was always very frustrated when my teachers were giving me a simplification, but not telling me it was a simplification. So that's so why I, you always caution when you're simplifying? Yeah, which is why I always tell people, there's, you know, there's a good reason that we're keeping things simple to start with, but this isn't it. And it's because that way, at least people are being you know, given a realistic impression and they're still getting things piecemeal, I hope. So I, I think I was saying to you in pre-show, the, the aim of these sort of segments is to manufacture some more some more geeks. <laughs> yes, we're manufacturing geeks. I love it. I love it. And uh, since by the time this airs, Bart, I will be retired. I have not forgotten. You remind me, but I have not forgotten that between you and Dorothy, you guys are going to uh, make me a programmer. Yes. And it could be interesting to have two two chiefs and one Indian. but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and my, my friend Kiran from work also said, uh, well, Alison, all you need to do is read this book over the weekend. You know, it gives me some beginning programs. Oh, yeah, over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that reminds me when I took, uh, when I started in college, the, the course that you took as a beginning engineer, the first, first quarter was a computer science course in basic. So I took that class. It was pretty fun and everything. And then I, I went to apply for a job and they told me that, uh, it would really be good if I had Fortran. So I said, okay. So I, I looked into taking Fortran during summer school at UCLA while I was going to UC Irvine and they had a course and it looked good. And so I went to the dean at, uh, at Irvine and said, you know, I want to get course credit for this. And he said, well, no, you can't. And I said, well, why not? And he said, he said, well, because you've already had beginning basic. That's beginning Fortran. It's the same thing. <laughs> I said, no, that's like telling me I took, you know, beginning Swedish. I can't take beginning French because they're the same thing. No, they're not. Well, they're both languages. They both have grammar. I mean, how different can they be? <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I mean, you know, there's nothing about arrays or anything like that in basic, you know, and he, and I, I had to argue with him for about 45 minutes before I think he just gave in to get me to shut up. But uh, well, strangely enough, and as you never guess by the name, basic really is quite basic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt like I had, you know, the kindergarten blocks is all I knew. It's the tricycle of programming. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it, True. except for the punch cards and stuff. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I never had the experience of those. Yeah. Now, no. I, I'm going to make a horribly inelegant segue, because I had really great fun today on another podcast, and we spent loads of time big-upping how great you are and how great ah. this show is. So I promised Guy that I'd somehow subtly sneak into the conversation <laughs> how great the 
Oh, look at the time. Nice podcast. talking to you. Oh, sorry. I interrupted you right as you said it. The MyMac.com podcast. Yeah, so I, I failed to do it subtly, but I do want to say that, um, I mean, Gaz was away out of, I think he was watching a Formula One race, judging by the, the, the photos on his Twitter stream. So he was away relaxing, and poor guy needed someone to talk to. So I said, oh, what the hey, let's have a chat. And we, we I have no idea what it'll be like when, when it's edited together, but we had a blast. All right. Like I was saying in the pre-show, Guy is the most interesting mixture of intelligent and thoughtful and so goofy I can barely stand it. I mean, so silly that he goes. I like uh, that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's refreshing, right? You get the full spectrum with Guy. I believe the phrase you'd use is Guy is our people. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's cool. So we'll look for that in our our podcast feeds. I definitely look forward to, to listening to that. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think I think I said it would be out Tuesday or Wednesday, so midweek. So you get to enjoy this show, which comes out on Sunday night, and then you have a few days to do nothing, and then you can listen. Again. Wait, no, it's the other way around. Oh, shoot. Yeah, they will have already oh. gotten it in their feed, because we're doing time travel, time travel, remember? Ah. <laughs> this should be on the, the 7th, so check your feed, because it was in there from last week. Yeah, so yeah, great. That works even better, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Bart. I look forward to Taming the Terminal Part 6 of N. Indeed. So uh, until then, happy computing. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeed.com or podcasting at bartafisser.net.